Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Prayer is not an obligation by God, and it's not protection from God. Prayer is about revelation. It's not obligation. It's not protection. It's revelation. Every time we engage God in prayer, we must expect that God wants to reveal Himself to us in more profound ways than we think and know. Now, I'm very passionate about this because oftentimes, you know, we just go through life, we get so busy. We get so busy that our prayer life is nothing more than just those two things, obligating God to hear us and asking God to provide and protect for us. Isn't that how we pray? Because we're busy people, and we hardly have any time to discover something fresh about God. I didn't say something new. I said something fresh. When God reveals something fresh, some new insight about Him, God, I didn't know this about you, but now I know that you are this kind of God. Prayer is an invitation from God so we can have an accurate revelation of what He is really like so that we can know something about Him. Now, here's a verse on prayer that we all must memorize, okay? We all must memorize this, this one particular verse in the Bible. It's found in Jeremiah 29, 13. And I'm going to read it. Jot it down somewhere. Jeremiah 29, 13. It says this. Seek me. This is God talking. Seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. That's a statement. That's the verse on the purpose of prayer that we all need to understand. The purpose of prayer is pursuing God. I bet some of you didn't know that. I bet some of you, that's the first time you heard that. It's good if that's the first time you heard that. It's nothing new. It's in the Bible, but we often miss it because our idea of prayer is about obligating God and asking God for protections and provisions as if God is slow to do all of those things. He's not. The purpose of prayer is right there, pursuing God. Jesus said it in Matthew 6 with a verse that we all know and memorize. Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Do you see the priority? The priority is not the need. The priority is not that what we're asking for. The priority is knowing God, pursuing God, seeking Him at the very deepest levels of His existence in our hearts. Pursue first the kingdom of God. That's the words of Je- those are the words of Jesus. When we pray, what we're really doing is pursuing God so we can know Him better. We can know Him more accurately. The more accurate we know God, the better our prayers become, the more intelligent our prayers become, the more realistic our requests become, okay? So that's an important thing. And I know you're probably saying to yourself, well, you know what? 
why does God make it very complicated? There's nothing complicated about that at all. God wants us to pursue Him so that He can reveal Himself to us in new and greater ways. There's a second insight into this parable and what it means to pursue, to pursue God. And that is, to pursue God, we must also learn how to practice His presence. The, pra- the practice of God's presence. This is an important spiritual discipline. Practicing the presence of God. Books have been written about the practice of God's presence. I'm going to recommend a book. It's by Brother Andrew, The Practice of the Presence of God. You know, you, 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 you don't have to read everything and agree everything with what Brother Andrew had to say about um, all of these things. But you can appreciate the fact that the, the man practiced the presence of God. Look at verse 9. Jesus said, so I say to you, after he said the parable, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Asking, listen, seeking and knocking all mean the same thing. It means to pursue. When you ask, you're pursuing something. When you seek, you're pursuing something. And when you knock, you're pursuing something. I have heard this verse misused so many times and misapplied by so many Christians that sometimes I cringe. People tell me all the time, you know, that verse is there because God is teaching us to persist. You just have to persist in praying. You just have to persist in asking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. And at some point, God will finally be obligated to answer. And you can see that in the parable. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to persist in prayer. But it has nothing to do with this parable. Asking, seeking, and knocking in this parable doesn't mean persisting. It means pursuing. Pursuing what? Not what? Who? Pursuing God. Jesus said that in this parable, this man didn't know his friend. He did not know know the first thing about the person he's asking help from. He just kept on knocking at midnight. He just kept on doing all of these things. He knows, he knows nothing about what the person inside uh, was about. And that's what Jesus was pointing out. You know, people keep on, you know, asking and seeking and knocking. But they think that by doing that, somehow they're going to get what they want. Somehow God is obligated again to answer what they're, you know, what they're crying about and, and, and to give them what they need. But the point that Jesus was making is, hey... Ask God about what he's like. Seek God's pleasure. Knock at what God wants us to do and how we might serve him. How do we practice the presence of God? By asking and seeking and knocking. Now, three quick things. I just mentioned them a while ago. Let me, uh, let me kind of expound that a little bit. Okay, when we practice the presence of God... We ask and we seek and we knock pursuing knowledge of His personality. 
Do you know God's personality? Do you know that He, he has a personality? When we are asking God, when we pray, we're asking God, what, God, what are you really like? The Bible speaks a lot about what God is like. Did you know that? You know what some of the things that, uh, that the Bible says about what God is like? The Bible says God is like our mother. God is like our father, a brother, a merciful, gracious person, kind, humble, long-suffering, gentle. He's a judge. He's an avenger, an equalizer, and a terminator. What else? Not only do we seek God's personality, but we also have to seek God's pleasure. When we say we're practicing the presence of God, we mean to say we want to discover. God, I'm asking you, what pleases you? What do you really like? What do you really hate? What do you reject? What do you accept? Do you get happy? Do you get sorrowful? Do you get angry? Do you rejoice in the things that you're seeing in my life? We're seeking God's pleasure. Every time we practice the presence of God, it's about His pleasure. There's a verse in the Bible again. I want you to jot this down and read it and memorize it and meditate it. I'm going to read it to you in a moment. It's not in your, in your notes. It's in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Zephaniah 3, 17. I want you to jot that down somewhere. It says these things about God. Okay, now I want you to pay careful attention. It says here, The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I bet you didn't know that about God. Did you know that God sings? Says it right there. Think about it for a moment. God, when he rejoices, he sings. Does he hum a tune when he sees your life and mine? When he sees our life, does he go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does he start getting into the, the, the rhythm of things? Does he sing? You know, the Bible says God sings. I've never even considered that before. When I get to heaven, I want to hear Jesus sing. I want to tell you that. When I get to heaven, I want to sing with Jesus. It's going to be a great duet. I'm obviously going to be out of tune. But God will not sing out of tune. This is what it means to practice the presence of God. This is how we daily, in practical ways, conduct our lives in the presence of God, in the presence of everyone. You know, I, uh, I was watching this biography channel for some reason, and it uh, just came into my mind. And I was watching um, uh, the story of um, the actor, um, Hollywood actor, uh, Michael Douglas, famous Hollywood actor. Many of you uh, who are my age, you remember him. You know, some of you people, you don't know who he is. But, but uh, Michael Douglas was the son of Kirk Douglas, the, the Hollywood actor. They're now both you know, veteran actors. Uh, Kirk Douglas died, at, I think, at the age of 101 or something like that. And Michael Douglas is probably in his 80s. And one thing that 
stands out about the, these father and son, not only do they look alike, they act alike. So the greatest tribute the son has given to his father is that not only did he get his acting chops, he got his looks. And in some ways, that's some of the greatest things that we can honor God with, that we reflect his glory, that we honor his being, his presence. The greatest honor we can give God is to pursue God by reflecting his personality, his pleasure, and his purposes. And finally, to pursue God means we rely on the power of his perpetual providence. Perpetual providence. Now, look at this verse in verse 11, the final few verses of this, this text, this parable. 11 to 13. This sort of encapsulates everything about the chapter. It says, which of you fathers, this is part of the parable, by the way, and this is part of the teaching on prayer. We're still in there. Which of you fathers, if you ask for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you whatever you ask, whatever you need, whatever you desire? How much more will you? Did he say that? No. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, in the parable, this guy was asking for provision. He was asking for help. He was asking for all kinds of things that he needed from his friend. And it's no shock that the friend inside says, you only want me because of what you can get from me, but I can be more to you, but you don't want that. You just want me for what you need right now. And that's why Jesus ended the parable by explaining to them, you and I being evil, meaning that we don't always do the right things. Those of us who are fallen and are incapable of doing the perfect things all the time, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, we give them what they want, right? When they ask for food, we give them food. When they ask for drink, we give them, we spoil them. They're our children. We love them. We give them everything they want. We, oftentimes, as we can afford it, we teach them. We do all, everything and all kinds of things to them. But God says, I'm not that way. I can give you something more. I can give you not just what you want. I can give you not just what you need. I can give you me. It is me you have to pursue. That's why Jesus promised the Holy Spirit will be given to those who ask, who seek, and who knocks. That's what this parable is all about. God giving us the Holy Spirit. It means that God gives us the power of His perpetual providence. What does that mean? What, what does it mean that God gives us His perpetual providence? It's better than anything else that we have. How many of you woke up this morning? Oh, obviously. Did you know that you woke up because of God's providence? God allowed it. God enabled it. Did you know that you, why, why, why you, you are where you are and you're, you're not in some kind of, any kind of situation? 
It's God's providence. Well, pastor, why this, this bad thing happened to me? Well, only two reasons why bad things happen to us, right? We all know what those two reasons are. Number one, to test our faith. That's the better reason. To test our fidelity with God. And number two, to show us that we need God. All right? Those are the only two reasons that will God, God allow, will, will allow those adversities. And it both has to do not with us, but with Him. So I think you're getting the clue here. The Holy Spirit didn't come just so that we could be, you know, enabled to, to, to walk this Christian life, to be able to, 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 to survive all the problems that we're going to face, to be able to have all the, the, the necessary things that we need in this life. No, the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus so that we can know Him better. Know Him better. I want to say this to us now. We can pray good prayers, but without the Holy Spirit guiding it, it means nothing. It means nothing. Doesn't even reach the roof of the building. Because at the center of the Holy Spirit's activity in our life is that desire to pursue God in a deeper way. The desire to pursue God in a deeper way. The desire to get to know Him better. The, the, the focus has to be placed on Him. We rely on God's control. That's why the Holy Spirit was sent. Pursuing God means we rely on His providential care just for today. If you find yourself worrying about what tomorrow will bring, what the next day will bring, chances are... Uh, yeah, you haven't discovered the first thing about God. The first thing about God is He is the I Am. He is right here. He is the God of the present. Jesus always said that I am that I am. Did you know that the Christian life has to be lived one day at a time? Did you know that? One day at a time. It could never be lived any other way. But to live Pursuing God for today. We rely on God's control every single day. We don't live our lives worrying about what will happen tomorrow. Why? Because God's providence doesn't work that way. It works only for today. No one is promised tomorrow. No one. No one. The only opportunity we have today is to trust God for today. Amen? Today is the past that we will be thankful to God tomorrow. I confuse myself with that one. Today is the past that, will be, that we will be thankful to God for tomorrow. Now think about that for a second. God's providence is the fact that He holds the key to tomorrow. He decides whether you and I are going to wake up tomorrow. He decides it. He decides, that's God's providence, He decides what's going to happen after the service. That's God's providence. If you and I don't rely on the fact that God holds that control, we don't know the first thing about God. In my own life, I can tell you this. 
And I can only testify about my own story. That the hand of God was in my life. And that's not, uh, it's not because I'm bragging. I know the hand of God is in my life when I see clearly what He has done in my life in the past. You know, if I look at the past where I could have died in a car accident that I was in and didn't. How I could have made the wrong decision on the person that I would spend the rest of my life with to marry. How I could have made that decision. And I look back and I thank God today because of what He has worked on in my life. How He intervened in my life. How I was spared a lifetime of agony had I made a bad decision in my life. I can testify that all the failures and sins I have committed were turned to God for the good. I can only testify for that. That the so many bad decisions I've made in my life, somehow God found a way to turn it in for good so that I can benefit from knowing who He really is. We have a merciful God who can restore, the Bible says, what the locusts have eaten. Who can restore anything that has been destroyed in our lives. That's the God we pursue. That's the God we must know. That's the God we must understand when we pray. We say, you are a God who I don't know what's going on, what went on in my life, but I know today you can make things right. I know today you can point me to the direction that you want me to go. I know that's true today. And then you look back and you realize how much God has placed His hand upon you. And you will never worry about a single thing again about what will happen tomorrow. They're real. Did you know why the disciples were able to endure the lion's den? Did you know why they were able to endure the sword of the Romans? The executions, the persecutions, you know why they endured? Because they knew at the very moment that they existed, they knew that at that present time, the Holy Spirit was with them. Here's a secret. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us that He, can, that he will abide with us forever. It's not just when you're in need. It's not just when you're in trouble. It's not just when you are going through some of the greatest moments in your life. Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and He will abide with you forever until you die and meet me face to face. The purpose of knowing God. You know, sometimes our life is dry, spiritually speaking. You know, our church, that the thing that I don't want our church to experience is spiritual dryness, where people don't want to hear the Word of God because it offends them. That's a dry church. A church that doesn't want to receive the Word of God because it rebukes them, that's a dead church. Because God will confront us where we are. God will speak the truth to us where we are. Because He wants to place us in that The Holy Spirit is what Jesus has given us. You know, every time we gather here, you know, I know the sermon is long. I know it drags. I know sometimes it's taxing. But I'm confident that time will pass 
And God will remind us of what we have known about Him when those times come. How much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit when you ask, seek, and knock? Pursuing the God we know. We are asking Him for something else other than Him. He said, if, if you pursue me, I will give you what I want. I will give you myself. In Christ, all of life is given in the pursuit of God. Do you want to pray and always get the right answers from God? Pursue above all things the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.